Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. I'm never someone who just ignores the feedback and that is more painful to do because you're actually paying attention. At the same time, I think it's a great opportunity to learn when other people have constructive criticism. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. Sophia Amoruso started her business on eBay, and it turned into the massive fashion name of Nasty Gal. Her story transitioned from a 22-year-old millionaire to a very public journey through incredible business challenges. And that was just the beginning of the wild journey of business and life this girl boss has continued to ride, straight into the fine-tuned version of success she's creating for herself and for others today. I am so thrilled for an opportunity to have a candid conversation with Sophia about business highs and lows of creating a company that aligns with what you actually want and taking everything she's learned from public success to missteps and turning it into valuable teachings for others. I am so ready for this. Are you? Here she is, Sophia Amoruso. Do you need a budget? Let me rephrase that. You need a budget. Get started with the app that makes it easy to build and maintain new habits as you get out of debt, save more money, and build wealth faster. Try You Need a Budget free for 34 days, no credit card required at youneedabudget.com slash golddigger. SamCart helps you showcase what your customers care about most, your products. Advanced features that boost your sales and a simple interface absolutely anyone can use. Start your 14-day SamCart free trial at samcart.com slash golddigger. All right, Sophia, welcome to the Gold Digger podcast. I am honestly just so excited to have this conversation with you today. Me too. Thank you for having me. 
Yes. Okay. So bring us into your story. I want to know where did you get your start? Because you have been an entrepreneur for quite some time in many different spectrums. So tell me about your story. Yeah, it is such a long story. I could exhaust myself. It's exhausting just talking about how exhausting it is. So I got my start on eBay when I was 22 and sounds kind of like, you know, small beans and it was, but I just kind of put one foot in front of the other. I was selling vintage and I knew where to find stuff for cheap. And I figured out how to flip it on eBay and left eBay. That became a really big business called Nasty Gal. Eventually started selling other people's brands, going to trade shows, curating. And then we designed our own product, opened two stores, raised 50 million in venture capital. After I bootstrapped it from nothing. Okay. Just it's important call out is that I've done both. I bootstrapped the company to 28 million with no debt and no investors. And then the investors came in and that changed things pretty significantly, but we ultimately grew the business to over a hundred million in revenue. Wow. And over 10 years, you know, lots and lots of ups and downs, not a great exit, but left in the end of 2016, I had written a book called Girl Boss, mm-hmm. wound up being a New York Times bestseller, and created this conversation about women becoming entrepreneurs and you know becoming the bosses of their own lives. And that became even louder than Nasty Gal in a lot of ways. And so I was really ready to kind of serve that community when I moved on. So in early 2017, started Girl Boss through conferences, had a podcast called Girl Boss Radio, no longer. And after three years, sold the company right before COVID hit, stayed on for a few months, was supposed to stay on for a long time, but then we couldn't do conferences and we couldn't get brand partnerships because our main business was in events and the whole thing kind of fell apart. So we had to scale way, way down to the point of me not really being needed there moved on to really just teach entrepreneurs now. And that's what I'm doing with my online course business class, which I'm sure we'll get into, but kind of like, you know, feeling my way around in the world that you've really kind of created for so many people and just learning so much from from you and from other women who are building interesting like online education businesses. So it's really fun just sharing all the stuff that I learned yeah. instead of just learning the hard way now. <laughs> yes. It's so incredible. And I want to know, because you've had so many different shifts in your career, right? In these like monumental moments where it's just that transformation of like, wow, I'm going in a whole new direction. Do you have any tips or stories or anything to share about what it feels like to start over, to start something from scratch? Because I feel like a lot of people are facing that in this time right now that we're living in. Yeah. You know, I have the unique privilege of not starting from zero. And so that's, you know, that's something I'm very, very lucky for. But at the same time, you know, people don't look at moving on from a business as a positive thing. Like, me, yeah. yeah, not everything. Like, it's like, I didn't plan for either of those pivots or, you know, transitions or exits or whatever you want to call it. But I'm also, I just became, you know, increasingly happy being able to 
you know, in my second business girl boss apply everything that I learned at Nasty Gal that it was like too late to fix, yep. you know, and to, you know, start a second company with a whole different set of intentions and ways of building a team and leadership and communication and, and business was really like kind of healing to do it the second time and feel like I did a lot right. Yeah. Also, I got to create another brand and same with business classes. Like, well, you know, maybe it's hard to understand that I've done more than one thing in 15 years. People get very attached to like who they think you are or yep. who you're supposed to be. And I'm supposed to be a fashion CEO. And then I, I'm the girl boss. And it's just like, I don't want to be the girl boss anymore. And and to create the business class brand was just like thrilling. I should have had like a creative agency or some point, maybe in a past life. But I kind of like love just starting over because I get to build a brand. And so, you know, I, my advice to people who are, who are there is just treat it as an experiment, right? The whole yes. world is like COVID is experimenting on us right now. The whole world is, you know, shifting. There's so much that's out of our control and that's nothing new, but it's kind of been served up to us now in a way that we can't ignore. And so the variables are changing and it's now just a matter of what do we do with, you know, this new kind of situation that we're in. And I feel very strongly that, you know, if people are thinking about starting businesses, they should. We have seen that our employers, you know, our jobs, if we're in a kind of traditional career path, aren't as secure as we thought they were. Nothing is as secure as we think it is and nothing's permanent. Not to get like all Zen on you, but, you know, oh, God forbid life tells you it's not permanent. Like it's okay to make it impermanent for yourself and move on and push yourself off the ledge, which is, I guess my advice would just be just push yourself off the ledge. What was it like for you, you know, as you kind of closed the door on things that you, you know, bootstrapped, for example, with Nasty Gala and and for starting Girl Boss from scratch, what advice do you have for anyone that's in the midst of like facing challenges out loud and with an audience? Because I have to believe that it was really challenging to walk away from these things that you started from nothing and to be in the public eye and to have people's commentary on what decisions you were making or where you were going. Do you have any advice around that? Or do you want to share anything from that season? Oh my gosh. (laughs) It was loud. So Nasty Gal ended up filing for chapter 11 bankruptcy at the end of 2016. Long, long story. And I don't know the exact equation that led to that. But I know raising $50 million and having a company that was somehow worth $350 million when – anyway, that's a whole nother thing. And so you know that was loud because I had been this kind of poster child of entrepreneurship and so celebrated. Of course, when you're out there, people are going to – cover that too. And it's sensational. And, you know, headlines like our millennial, you know, Sophia Amoruso's, you know, the downfall of Nasty Gal, are millennials really ready to lead 
And it's just like, wow. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm yeah. an example of like an entire generation who's now in question. It's just so absurd. So in some ways, I kind of paved the way for like this new generation of entrepreneurs who have come up and done such an amazing job. At the same time, I think as we've seen in like the last year, I'm not alone in face planting. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was. I was like watching all my peers and these founders build these companies and oh my gosh, like that one's a unicorn. And, you know, how do they have good glass door reviews? And then bam, you know, everybody's going to encounter adversity, you know, building a company is really, really hard. So I guess I paved the way for people to fail too, which is great. (laughs) It's really hard. You know, it's enough to question your identity when you're just wondering what people are thinking and no one's actually telling you. And then to have the whole world telling you, I mean, at least, you know, I guess that's maybe it's better to know instead of wonder what people are thinking. I mean, it was especially challenging because a few months after I left Nasty Gal and, you know, that was kind of controversial. There was a Netflix series about my life that went into 150 million homes across the world. So then there was a fictional character and it was like, who is she? Is she the girl boss? Is Is she that person on TV that isn't actually me? And it just became this real kind of like haze of, you know, identity crisis for a little while. I mean, I'd say and this is kind of counterintuitive advice, you know, when people call you out, it's an opportunity to learn. And so instead of saying, wow, these people all got it wrong. And of course there are going to be things that are wrong, right? Like these people don't know you, they don't know your intentions. You know, sometimes intentions don't really matter, but you know, if people are talking about you, you probably did something right at some point and people do care about you enough to tell you how they feel because they probably want you to win at some point again. And so I've had to weed through a lot of feedback, a lot of just totally like unfounded or out of left field or speculative, but then there are patterns you start to see and things that you can look at and say, Hey, wow, you know, maybe I could have done a better job building company culture or I could have had a better plan or been less hasty or whatever those things are that you hear from your employees or, you know, other people where it's like, okay, like maybe I should, maybe there's some truth to this. And so I'm never someone who just pushes, you know, just ignores the feedback and that it's more painful to do because you're actually yeah. paying attention. And I don't read everything that's like written about me, but At the same time, you know, I think it's a a great opportunity to learn when other people, you know, have constructive criticism for you, whether it's public or private. Yeah. I want to know what elements of your earliest business endeavors. I mean, if we look back to the eBay days or even when you were first bootstrapping Nasty Gal, what are you most proud of? Because there are so many things that you likely have identified now that you're like, I did that right. Or I can't believe I pulled that off. Or I can't believe I was able to figure that out by myself. Tell me about some of the highlights. Gosh, it's a pretty big deal when you buy your first home or buy a first car for yourself. It's like the Nissan Murano that I got in like 2009 used was like, I mean, 
the way the light danced over the dashboard. Like there's never been a car purchase more exciting than that, you know, and I've driven a lot of cars since then. So it's actually kind of those early moments of being like, you know, wow, I'm onto something. And then, oh my gosh, I'm starting to see the fruits of my labor in a way that I could never even expected. And a lot of people, you know, look at people who have like done it or are winning and think that it's the fancy car that is, you know, the thing. And it's really just those most exciting part are kind of those first steps of like, wow, I sold out my store and I made like a few grand, but oh my gosh, I've never made a few grand in a week. That's crazy. Like I had never made, I don't think I'd ever made a few grand in a month. I mean, I don't know. I don't remember, you know, it was very minimum wage before I started this eBay store. So it's those kind of early moments of, wow, you know, when I launched the, you know, there was a Chanel jacket I bought for $8 and sold it for over a thousand, you know, that was huge. Oh my gosh. Anne Hathaway was a customer on eBay or, you know, who, where wrote about me for the first time, or, you know, I met the editor in chief of refinery 29 or, you know, I launched the, the website and left eBay and the store sold out. And then Kelly Ripa's stylist called me and I was like, oh my gosh, those people are real. Like Hollywood, what? Like, you know, just like I'm on the map and it was still like the tiniest thing ever, but yeah, just those moments where you feel like, okay, I'm on to something. Those are the moments I'm most proud of. And then, you know, yeah, having a house, being able to afford a vacation, but not that it's sharing it. It's really, you know, having friends over to swim or going on vacation with a friend and being able to pay for it or being able to buy oysters and wine, you know, for a group of friends, you know, it's like, that's, I don't really drink much wine anymore and oysters don't even exist as far as I'm concerned, but um, I think sharing, you know, being able to share that stuff is, is, is some of the stuff I'm most proud of. Talk to me a little bit because one of the things that I think is super intriguing and I think that as you continue in your journey of entrepreneurship, like let's face it, you didn't give up on entrepreneurship through all of your different pivots and your different startups. But I think that like for me, I can look back to even two years ago when I was about to have a baby and I was in the season and I was really worried about like, oh my gosh, what's going to change in my business? And I recognize that, no, I'm an entrepreneur for the lifestyle, not necessarily for the hustle culture or the more, 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 but so that I am defining success on my own terms. Talk to me about how success has changed for you over the years, specifically as you've kind of niched off into different directions and how you define success today. I never anticipated the success that I wound up with. So I didn't even know what success looked like until it kind of came for me. And then everybody was like, this is what success looks like. And I was like, oh, cool. Actually, this is pretty fun. But at the same time, you know, the people who are celebrating me are people who would like never have paid attention to me unless I had done this conventional thing. This like, you know, it was unconventional and, you know, how big it got, but this conventional kind of just definition of success. And then, you know, so that was just kind of weird being like, I know you wouldn't care about me if I hadn't done this thing that you think is, you know, what success looks like. 
And that's kind of a grumpy way of looking at things. And I'm also really grateful for the access I've had and a lot of the people that I've met that it was always a little bit conflicting. You know, there was a time where success was all the things that I was experiencing and I was in my 20s and early 30s, but mostly my 20s when, you know, I was on the cover of business magazines and on the lists and all that stuff and flying around and speaking engagements. And I can't even, you know, remember all of it. And I bought into it and it was fun, but it wasn't meaningful. Yeah. And I'm really kind of grateful that I didn't wind up, and this sounds like such a cop out, you know, and I'm good. I'm not retired, but, you know, had I become a billionaire from Nasty Gal or something or whatever people thought was going to ultimately happen, I think I would have still been in that kind of faraway place of not really remembering myself or remembering what matters or even being able to explore that because I would have been so busy, like, you know, visiting my friend's super yachts or whatever happens when you make like a freaky amount of money. And so that really gave me an opportunity to kind of reset and say, wait, like there's a person who I was, she's still there. And now I want, I don't want to go out and drink, you know, have a dinner, drinks, whatever, every night. I want to get home at nine o'clock. I don't Mm -hmm. like want to fly around and talk at conferences and I don't, you know, I said yes for so long that I finally got to a place where I was really comfortable saying no. And now with, you know, business class and online education and, you know, being able to teach entrepreneurs in this very kind of finite window that is, you know, you can enroll in business class for like a week and then the course runs for 10 weeks. You can access it for the rest of your life. But I really put a lot of energy in while you know, those initial kind of 10 weeks of guiding students through it. And then, you know, this business was was also a lifestyle choice. Mm -hmm. So it's not just like, I was called to do this. It's like, yeah, but also I wouldn't have done it if it meant building a giant team, doing manual, like the same work over and over and over again. You know, this is something where I've created like incredibly valuable content, but I don't have to like do it live every time. I don't have to do a conference and book speakers and find brand partners. And it's just very simple. Mm -hmm. You know, we open the doors twice a year. It runs for 10 weeks. I live my life the rest of the year, whether that's, you know, doing another podcast or just chilling. You know, I've never chilled. I never took a break between businesses. You know, I know people who I don't know how they afford it because I don't really think they even work that much. And they're taking like year long sabbaticals. I don't think I could do that. But I certainly understand the desire for, you know, for space between work and life now that I never understood before. And thank God I was given the opportunity to because I really like cooking at home. (laughs) I love it. If the tech side of selling your products and services online has kept you from doing it, well, then listen up. This is for you. SamCard is the easy way to showcase and sell your products without worrying about the tech. Start your 14-day SamCart free trial at samcart.com slash golddigger. 
Samcart is the first e-commerce platform built from the ground up for direct-to-consumer brands. A robust drag-and-drop template library, pre-checkout add-ons, abandoned cart recovery, pixel tracking, honestly, the list of Samcart features that are specifically designed to convert visitors into paying customers could take up an entire episode. Samcart has been my staple in my own online business. We use it to provide a seamless checkout experience for our customers while also optimizing our end process by providing capabilities that drive even more sales. It allows us to meet people where they're at by offering things like payment plans while also connecting them to alternative products that may align with their wants and needs all within the checkout experience. Start your 14-day SamCart free trial at samcart.com slash digger. That's S-A-M-C-A-R-T dot com slash digger to start your 14-day free trial. If you want to take your side hustle and make it a full-time job, you need a budget. Seriously, my budget was my safety net and guide as I made the jump from a salary and benefits into entrepreneurship. If you're thinking of making that leap, get started with You Need a Budget at youneedabudget.com slash golddigger. Their method will transform the way you think about money and their app makes it easy to build and maintain new habits as you get out of debt, save more money, and build wealth faster. I signed up at youneedabudget.com slash golddigger and started exploring the app. You can link your bank accounts, set goals for spending and saving in tons of categories, monitor payments, and run reports to see how how you're working towards your goals at a glance. Yes, the app is great, but more importantly, the You Need a Budget team is committed to your success. They offer free live classes every day of the week, video courses, boot camps, challenges, and fan groups galore. There is something for everyone. If you want to learn, they will teach you. On average, new budgeters save more than $600 by month too, and $6,000 in their first year. Try You Need a Budget for 34 days, no credit card required at youneedabudget.com slash golddigger. That's youneedabudget.com slash golddigger. Well, good. That's a good thing, especially with this last year. I feel like we've all become home chefs, home baristas. Oh, yeah. You know, all the things. So that's amazing. One thing that I appreciate when I look at your journey, and hopefully you agree, but when I look at everything you've done, and if you really do look at it as an experiment, sometimes experiments yield results that tell you what you don't want for your life. And that's not a failure. That's a win. And I think that anytime we can look at an experience and learn or grow or, you know, understand something deeper, I've had to build things that I hated only to know that I don't want to do that again, you know? And so I think it's so valuable because I think these days we put so much pressure on you know, the term success and failure and and you feel like it's a black and white, you can only choose one or the other. But when we look at things as experiments that yield results that give us information, it's up to us to choose how we use that information. And sometimes it's just as valuable to be really clear on what you do not want as it is to get clarity on what it is you do want. So I think it's just such a good lesson for people to remember. Yeah. I mean, there was a while and this is kind of like not related to business. And I agree. There was a period where I wasn't like going out as much as I, you know, at night, right? To like dance night or a bar or whatever, seeing friends, like around strangers, mostly like going out and being like around strangers, you know, like I did more in my 20s. 
And so I would do it every so often just to remind, I used to say, I go out every so often just to remind myself of why I don't go out, you know, cause the FOMO yeah. sets in and then you're like, wait, like my friends are having fun or, you know, what am I missing? And then you go out and you're like, this is so shallow or, you know, like I am yeah. in a relationship. I don't need to meet anybody. What am I doing standing here in a room with like lasers and loud music or what, you know? And so, yeah, we kind of have to sometimes put ourselves back in those positions to remind ourselves ourselves of who we are. And then in terms of experimentation, I completely agree that, you know, if you don't move from where you are, you're not going to learn anything. And yeah, that learning can be, wow, I really don't want to be a photographer because I have to haul a ton of equipment around, whatever that is. There's always going to be surprises with what it is you think you want to do that are just like, oh, wow, this is not as glamorous or I thought as I thought it was going to be, or this is not as, you know, rewarding, you know, I'm inspired to do this, but as a hobby, right. You can only learn that by trying it as a business, right. Is anything ever as glamorous as we assumed, like for real? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think, I can't even think of a single thing where I'm like, no. Oh yeah. I mean, everything, when you dissect it, I remember even like when I was a wedding photographer and I would see, you know, photographers shooting weddings in Paris and I'd be like, Oh my gosh. And then I would think about it and I'd think they have jet lag. They have to haul their gear. They have to go through customs. They've got, you know, like, and when I like started to list out all the things that it took for them to get that shot that they could share on Instagram, I was like, Nope, not worth it. I want to sleep in my own bed. And so I think it's so important, you know, especially as women, as we're prone to comparison, it's like, if we were to reverse engineer that moment or that thing or that accomplishment, would I be willing to do the work that it would take to reach that? I think most of the time, if we're being honest with ourselves, the answer is going to be no. And I think that like, just like you said, where for years you said yes, and you learned the power of saying no, I think that it's like kind of like a release and a relief when you realize that. I agree. I totally agree. And now because I know myself and have like been around the sun a few more times, I know what I can say no to without, you know, I know the difference and I know what I'm giving up when I say no. Whereas I think earlier in your career, you're like, well, what if this did this for me? Yeah. The one shot. Yeah. You don't want to miss it. And that does happen. It totally happens. And I, I do think that earlier in your career, you should say yes more, but now I know I have an idea of what it is that I'm, you know, saying no to and what the consequences of that are. Usually there, there aren't any. (laughs) Yeah. Talk to me about creating business class, you know, shifting into the online education space from going from events and books and a podcast into the course creation space. What was that like for you as you shifted into this new area? Oh my God. It's really fun. You know, well, one, I love working behind a computer. You know, I did nasty gal for years, just you know, behind a computer by myself. And I'm, you know, not as I'm intimidated by, you know, large teams. I am less focused. I can, you know, I can get in and do a lot of the work with a digital business the way I did early in my career. Whereas planning conference, like that's just not stuff you can do. I'm not qualified to do that on a project management perspective. And it's just, there's so many, there's so many moving pieces and there's a lot of moving pieces with an online course, but it's also something where, 
Now I'm not reinventing the wheel, right? Like I'm, I've done that. I tried to have a media business slash, you know, on social network for women. And it's just like, well, what's the revenue model there? And why is it so complicated? Right. Mm -hmm. And so I have really learned to simplify. And, you know, I've said to myself, like, if this, I have kind of like this filter that I use for everything that I take on. And it's like, there are definitely opportunities where, you know, I could have a podcast again and do it every single week. I did it for five years, every single week. So if something doesn't feel like a project that I can turn on and off, even business class, like I'm not going to do it. So I'm saying no to things that could be like big opportunities to promote myself and to even learn. And I'm just not like, I'm just straight up saying no. And so business class was this very kind of, it really fit that for me. It's this very kind of like surgical approach to how it is that I can share what it is that I know. And I'm doing it in a way that I feel like, and from what I'm hearing from our students, like hasn't really been done before. And so sure, I have videos and there are worksheets and Zoom calls weekly. And, you know, a lot of the things that you see in terms of the mechanics in other online courses, but the approach is really different. You know, my personality is really different. My experience is really different. The kind of business owner that I'm talking to, I think is pretty different from the business owners that take a lot of the other online entrepreneurship courses. And that's a good thing. The branding is very different, right? And if you haven't seen it and you're listening, business class sounds like the most boring description of an online entrepreneurship class ever, <laughs> but it's actually flight themed. And yes, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. So it's like Pan Am vibes and it's like me dressed up like a 60s flight attendant. It's really entertaining. So many aviation puns. So buckle up. And so, yeah, like I'm now using existing software. Like I'm not trying to build anything. I don't have an engineering team. I have three employees. I don't want anymore, you know? It's very nimble and it's in, I don't want to say it's easy, but I'm able to kind of distill everything I have and could mentor and distribute in different ways at a conference or speaking engagements or consulting one-on-one or coaching into a place where I can share that with as many people as possible in a way that's really easy to digest. And so with business class, we cover everything from, you know, of course, like defining your strengths and having clarity about your idea all the way to, you know, should I be an LLC or a corporation? What's intellectual property? What's a design mark? And what's a word mark? And, you know, finances, building your brand, marketing your business, customer experience, hiring and firing and leading teams. So it's like, it's a little overwhelming, which is why we're doing 10 weeks this time instead of eight, which we did in the fall. And you know, when I was researching, you know, how to do an online course, there's just so much information out there, right? Everybody's Mm -hmm. an online course. The advice was, you know, keep it short and manageable because people want to feel really accomplished at the end of it. So make it easy for them, you know, don't give them too much content. And I kind of did the opposite. And so far it's working out. Yeah. So it's, um, it's a very comprehensive course, just everything that someone who is like has an idea and wants to start a business, you know, can take and really get there with. It's not for anybody who's like, maybe I should start a business. That's just, you know, there are, 
you know, worksheets and downloads and other courses for how to decide if you want to start a business. So it's cool starting, you know, with a, a group of students who are really like want to get momentum and are ready to, you know, build things together over 10 weeks. So it's just a ton of fun. One of the most compelling things you said that I think we have to touch on is that you wanted to build something that had an on and off switch per se. And I don't think that very many people even think about that notion or even have that idea in their mind when creating a business. And it's funny because like most entrepreneurs don't even take two weeks off a year, you know, like, like you look at the data of like, people in corporate America and how Americans don't even take their two weeks of vacation, but most entrepreneurs don't even take a day off. And so talk to me a little bit about that desire, because I think that's so compelling. And I think too, especially for women as you know, our identities shift, or we move in different directions, or we want to enter a new stage of life. That is something that is so interesting to me. Yeah. You know, I, I am still not good at relaxing. That's just part of who I am. And I kind of have to force myself to, but, you know, I never had space between things. I worked for my business and not the other way around. And so I've finally figured out how my business can work for me and I can manage it. And it's not like an unruly child that I just can't, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not a mom, but I know how much work being a mom is. And I was you know, that's what I was doing for my business all the time, except it never grew up and it was always throwing tantrums. And I feel like I have a much better grip on, you know, how to balance my business and my life. And I took a month off in November. I've never taken a month off. I mean, I did my weekly Zoom calls with students because business class was still going, but I had created all of the content and 200 pages of worksheets and I had recorded the videos And I was nurturing the community and, you know, giving people guidance while business class is live, but I was doing it from Hawaii. (laughs) Like that's crazy. And I didn't feel guilty about not being in an office. I didn't, you know, because this company is bootstrapped and profitable, I wasn't wondering if investors thought I was off task or, you know, not being responsible enough. Like there's, there's so many, there's way less stakeholders now watching my every move who have opinions about how I'm spending my time, which is really freeing because when I did have investors, I was like, Oh man, I'm on vacation. Are they going to think that I'm not focused on the business and I have this big team and are they going to know? And I started this and upfront, you know, my small team knows you know, this is how I want my life to be. And it's not, you know, I'm not leaving everybody in the lurch. And of course I'll check in, but it's not like, oh my God, she's checked out. This company is falling apart because she's not on a Zoom call every day. Like that's a really, it's a really liberating place to be in my career at this point. Yeah. I think it's beautiful. And I, I think it's so important because most of the time when we become entrepreneurs or we launch an idea or we start a business, we do so to claim back our life and the control and to gain some sort of freedom, whatever that looks like for us. And oftentimes we build things that actually rob us of all of those things. And while while it's so 
exciting to be working on something that you've created, you own, and you control. It's also so important to remember why you started in the first place and to really honor what that definition of success is. And I think there are seasons of hustle and there should also be seasons of rest. And it's hard for people like entrepreneurs because most of the time we're the achievers. We're the ones that love to cross those things off our lists. And you know we find our purpose in the doing. And so I'm just excited for women to hear this and to kind of hear how you're able to kind of rewrite that script to be the role that you actually want to play. Mm -hmm. And I think some of us figure it out earlier than others. I think this like younger generation understands this concept of balance that I mean, I was kind of a baby boomer for a lot of years. And when you start a business often, yeah, it's going to be kicking and screaming and it'll need you all the time. But also it's easy to kind of get caught up in, you know, I'm busy and that being kind of this, you know, cultural calling card for, oh, I'm, you know, I'm accomplishing things rather than giving yourself that space. But I guess for the people listening, just to remind them that if you aren't able to, you know, take time off, like that's okay, but you should be working toward a life where you can do that because it is really important. Absolutely. So as we close out, I want to know, do you have a mantra or an affirmation that's guiding you right now in business and life as we journey into the future? Yeah. I did this meditation training with Saad de Simone. I'm not sure if you know who that is, but he's mm-hmm. um, he teaches he's a really crazy like character on Instagram, but he's also studied Tibetan Buddhism in Nepal and is really kind of educated on Tibetan Buddhism. And I did a kind of meditation training with him and the mantra he told me to repeat over and over again, which I should probably do more often because I didn't meditate today is I think it's something like, may I be happy? May I be healthy? May I live with ease? And then there's one other thing. And it was just really, it's just very simple. May I be happy? May I be healthy? May I live with ease? And then there's like one more. So I'm not really doing a good job at this mantra. I wrote it that <laughs> But that's the, you know, it's the most simple things that, you know, hope our bodies being healthy, our minds being able to deal with what's not healthy and, you know, finding ways to make our lives less complicated or stopping the ways that we're making them more complicated for ourselves. So simplicity and freedom are really, the word freedom keeps coming up for me at this point in my career uh, and life, which is, I don't know exactly what that means, but I'm trying to find out. I have so enjoyed this conversation. Can you let everyone know where they can find you, connect with you, learn more about you, what you do, and be connected to your resources? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm just at Sophia Amoruso on Instagram and SophiaAmoruso.com. And, you know, business class opens twice a year. It's just takebusinessclass.com if you want to join the wait list uh, or enroll. And, And that's it. I'm around. Awesome. Sophia, thank you so much for coming on the Gold Digger podcast. It's been a treat to talk with you. Thank today. you so much for having me. I think that so many important topics were covered in today's episode. I think that as we navigate entrepreneurship, as we try new things, as we gain our footing, or as we change our courses, we are constantly learning and adapting and evolving. 
And I think that a lot of times we can get feedback, sometimes in the form of a criticism, but that it's important to understand what is meant for us to help us to grow and move and evolve. And I also just love that sometimes learning what we really want has to come in the form of learning of exactly what we don't want. And I think that Sophia has gained experience in all of these areas through over a decade as an entrepreneur. It was really fun chatting with her today and hearing all about her different experiences. And I just want to say thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. You are the reason why we create this show, and I'm so grateful for the opportunity to hang out with you. So until next time, Gold Diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. 